KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org. Good morning, I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Tuesday, August 2nd. Fitness trackers for military troops. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. Governor Gavin Newsom yesterday declared a state of emergency to speed efforts to combat the monkeypox outbreak. California is now the second state in the nation to take this step. Newsom said the declaration will help the state coordinate a government-wide response, seek more vaccines, and lead outreach and education efforts on where people can get treatment and vaccines. It will also allow emergency medical personnel to administer monkeypox vaccines that are approved by the federal government. California has received more than 61,000 vaccine doses and has distributed more than 25,000 doses. SDSU said yesterday that it's investigating the alleged rape of a 17-year-old girl by five SDSU football players last October. The victim's attorney, Dan Gillian, says the investigation should have begun a long time ago with the goal of preventing future assaults. The university says SDPD asked the college to hold off on investigating so they wouldn't interfere with the ongoing police investigation. So far, no one has been charged. The FDA first authorized at-home COVID tests more than a year and a half ago. Since then, many tests have expired, at least according to the dates printed on the boxes. But just because a test says it's expired doesn't mean it's time to throw it out. Over time, moisture, air, and heat could all make a home antigen test less reliable. But some test makers have shown they can outlast their printed use-by date by several months. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. An annual physical fitness assessment is a cornerstone of military life. Each service branch has its version of the test, which usually involves push-ups, sit-ups, and a timed run. But the newest military branch, the Space Force, is ditching the yearly test and instead outfitting troops with fitness trackers. Eric Schmidt reports for the American Homefront Project. A handful of airmen gather in the middle of the six-lane track at Scott Air Force Base in Illinois on a calm summer morning. They're about to start their one-and-a-half-mile run. 
we start our time after the last person crossed the start line. All right. Give us 30 seconds back there. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to stay back. Walk, I say just walk up here. <laughs> Joking aside, the final results are serious. Each airman has to finish under a certain time based on their age to pass this portion of the Air Force's fitness test. Give me a thumbs up whenever you guys are ready to go. Knock this out. Good, 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 good. In the back. All right, cool. And three, two, one, begin. The airmen quickly spread out as they circle the track. Earlier in the morning, they completed the other parts of the fitness test. Push up first, ready up. A minute of uninterrupted push ups and later sit ups. This once a year assessment is how the Air Force measures if its airmen are physically ready for what their service requires. But the newly minted Space Force wants their fitness assessment to feel entirely different. Members of the Space Force won't have an annual test. Instead, they'll get a smart ring or other wearable fitness device that will keep track of their physical activity throughout the entire year. Chief Master Sergeant James Sabias is a senior enlisted leader for Space Force's Training and Readiness Command. Our standards really haven't changed, right? We still are utilizing the Air Force PT standards. The difference is in our approach. The Space Force has plans for a digital community for its troops, who are called Guardians, where they can see data from their own device and how it compares to others in the service. Patrick Hitchens is the CEO of Austin-based FitRankings, the company building that platform for the Space Force. He says it allows Guardians to count the activities they normally do, something that's not always the case now. Maybe you're not good at running. Maybe you're not good at pull-ups. So there is some amount of dimensionality to these tests that favors one activity over another. Hitchens says his platform can convert any activity into a met minute, a common measure of energy expenditure recognized by the CDC. Sabias says the Space Force hopes this approach will turn fitness into more of a carrot than stick. Many times fitness is almost used as, you know, a kind of a go, no go kind of thing, right? You either have it or you don't. I've known folks that can do all their PT aspects and run a really fast mile and a half, but yet their eating habits are poor, their sleeping habits are poor, they're not healthy. Space Force leadership hopes the data guardians get from their devices will help them take more ownership of their health. Research has found an annual test spurs some military members to engage in eating disorders and other unhealthy behavior. Lindsay Bodell is an assistant professor of psychology at Western University in Ontario. She says troops may worry about their careers if they fail a fitness test. Having consequences of not meeting the standards then may lead to people to engage in pretty extreme behaviors. But Bodell says switching to fitness monitors won't necessarily solve that problem. It may even make it worse. She says many researchers have found an association between eating disorder symptoms and fitness trackers. Some of the negative consequences I think might be preoccupation with certain exercise regimes or fixation on numbers, which could end up getting in the way of other activities. Bodell says there needs to be more research on this topic as it relates to the military. The Space Force plans to evaluate its fitness tracker program after a year to decide if it will become permanent. I'm Eric Schmid in St. Louis. This story was produced by the American Homefront Project, a public media collaboration that reports on American military life and veterans. Funding comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. A major Tijuana pipeline collapse is causing lots of sewage-tainted water to cross the U.S.-Mexico border. KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson has details. 
The cross-border flow began Sunday night and is expected to continue flowing across the border at a rate of more than 30 million gallons a day. U.S. officials say repairs will likely take longer than their initial estimate of four to five days before the problem is fixed. They say a couple of pressurized wastewater lines in Tijuana's Matadora Canyon have collapsed. There is significant erosion, and Mexican officials turned off a pumping station in the Tijuana River Channel. The cross-border flow is larger than the amount of dirty water that can be treated at the International Wastewater Plant. That means flows are heading for the ocean. Eric Anderson, KPBS News. San Diego County announced yesterday it has received a $6 million grant to help people released from jail. KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen has more. The grant comes from a fund established by Proposition 47, which lowered several nonviolent crimes from felonies to misdemeanors and directed savings to crime prevention programs. The funds will help those exiting jail with behavioral health services and assistance finding a job and housing. The county is committing $4 million of its own dollars to the program for a total of $10 million. It expects that money will help between 300 and 400 people who may otherwise be homeless after leaving jail. The program is set to launch in September. Andrew Bowen, KPBS News. Mayors from across San Diego County gathered at the San Diego Rescue Mission for a two-hour closed-door meeting to discuss how to address homelessness. KPBS reporter Kitty Alvarado has details. For two hours, 12 mayors from San Diego County met behind closed doors with leaders from the Rescue Mission and the Lucky Duck Foundation. Donnie D., the president of the San Diego Rescue Mission, says if they're going to tackle an issue as complex as homelessness, the simple first step is critical. If we can build a partnership, public and private, I really believe that is a much better approach to helping the person that's living on the streets who really needs us to get our act together. San Diego Mayor Todd Gloria says this is an opportunity to come together as a region and fight for resources together. There's not enough money to fund every city in the state, but if we can go as a region to Sacramento and say that we are supporting VISTA's proposal for a new family affordable housing complex, and I suspect they'll be more successful in their effort. That dialogue will continue when city managers gather at the rescue mission in January. Kitty Alvarado, KPBS News. The San Diego Regional Chamber of Commerce hosted four members of the region's congressional delegation as part of its annual congressional luncheon yesterday. Almost 400 San Diego business and community leaders came together to get an update from Representatives Daryl Issa, Sarah Jacobs, Scott Peters, and Juan Vargas on current policies and legislation that affect our community. Topics that were covered included the workforce in the border region, the 2022 general election, and the economy. Coming up, updating San Diego's groundbreaking climate action plan. We'll have that story and more next, just after the break. Stay close.
Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. The San Diego City Council decides today whether to approve the first major update to the city's groundbreaking climate action plan. KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson has details. The update was years in the making, a process that was delayed in part because of the COVID pandemic. The original plan to ease the city's impact on the climate called on the city to cut greenhouse gas emissions in half by 2035. The updated plan aims to hit a net zero greenhouse gas emissions goal by that same date. Mariah Saldana says the city has identified specific strategies to get there. 200 plus actions that will work that we'll have to work with implementing departments on to secure that path to net zero. This is the first ever revision of the city's climate action plan. The next scheduled update is due in 2027. Eric Anderson, KPBS News. The high school football season is now underway at many campuses across the county. Players are reporting for training camp a few weeks before fall semester begins. KPBS education reporter M.G. Perez has more on the challenges they face. This fall brings the first full season for high school football since the COVID shutdown in 2020. More than two years later, coaches and players are still monitoring changes in COVID protocols while working on their game. At the moment, San Diego Unified only has an indoor mask mandate for places like the weight room. That could be extended to classrooms again if the county continues to see a rise in COVID cases by the first day of school, August 29th. San Diego High School head football coach Sid Reed says his players are up for the challenge. They're excited. Um, They want to be out here. They want to compete and they want to win some games. So that's what we're going to try to progress to. The first football games will be played starting September 30th. M.G. Perez, KPBS News. A school supply drive is being extended to the end of the month after not meeting its goal. The Stuff the Bus Drive collects donations to purchase school supplies for students experiencing homelessness in San Diego County. The donations also help San Diego Youth Services provide meals for homeless youth. As of yesterday, the drive raised about $38,000. The goal is $100,000. More than 18,000 school-age children in the county are homeless, according to the San Diego County Office of Education. You can donate online or at any Ralph's or Food for Less grocery store in the county. Organizers say a $20 donation will cover the cost of a backpack filled with supplies for students in elementary school, and $25 will cover the cost of a backpack and supplies for middle and high school age students. 
That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great day. KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org.